Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am here with my good buddy, Toasty. Toasty, we're talking about Lyria and Rivia today, but I did see the news that the TV show is now re-upped for season four and five, and they're going to like make them at the same time. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very exciting. That's not what this episode's about, but it's I'm not. But it is worth pointing out. So they've wrapped record the the recording on season three. So yeah. they're done. Filming's done for season three, and then yeah. So season four and five been confirmed, which I mean makes sense. I mean we know like whenever whenever they drop this thing, it's like number one on Netflix for like weeks. So yeah, makes even sense though people yeah people out there are still kind of like man, this isn't. My favorite interpretation people, of The Witcher, but you know, yeah, it's mostly people who are familiar with Witcher like media. Other than that, there's right. a lot of people that are just right. watching it and like, yeah, this is a really good show. Yeah, you know what I found really interesting about all that, and I don't, I know we've got lots of stuff to get into with Lyria and Rivia, is that when um, when uh, Artel Sorian chimes in about it, they have confirmed, and they confirmed this on our Discord that there is in fact the Witcher book universe. There's the Witcher games universe and then there is the witcher cinematic universe like we've joked about and that Mm -hmm. all three of those things have different core lore they are Mm -hmm. distinctly different and they are not meant to overlap so like that makes sense to me that's why we're seeing different things play out in the tv show than we are in the games or in the books or even between the games and the books loosely connected obviously because of you know the fact that it is the witcher and then like the games are a progression that takes place after the books um and then you know the show being based on the books and possibly the games we don't know how far they're going with it and the tabletop stuff and how the tabletop stuff ties more to the video games than it does specifically the books or the tv show like they're actually they're they're all kind of like siloed in their own ways Uh, but anyway welcome back to the show everybody we're digging into another location actually two new locations lyria and rivia toasty where do we start off uh so we start out with them separately um so Lyria uh, was a small kingdom in the north that prior and, and by in the north as part of the northern kingdoms, but is mm-hmm. one of the most the southernmost locations on, on the map uh, of the northern kingdoms. Uh, prior to me's marriage to Reginald of Rivia was an independent kingdom. After their princess married Rivia's king, though, the two kingdoms combined into one forming Lyria and Rivia. So two locations, but one location, but two locations, but still one location. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> however, this union eventually dissolved, leaving leading to the two separating back into separate kingdoms so that centuries later, Rivia was no more and its exact location was all but forgotten. It's unclear, though, if Lyria was still around by that point. So this is it's kind of like a in far future. future thing yeah. where it's like we're generally talking about like, you know, in the far future when the elves, all of the elves leave the continent and, you know, these things that aren't concrete that we just know they've been alluded to as part of uh the books right so um as for uh the details here it was a a monarchical uh, government uh kingdom uh with ruler meave um and then the line that came before her right Um, so the current timeline the book timeline meave is the ruler yeah uh uh the military branch was the Lyrian army um its capital is lyria so um you know 
country lariat country and city country and city same name yeah yep um the official language was common speech so so nothing fancy there uh their demonym was lyrian their currency was the golden 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 g-u-l yeah yeah uh and uh his primary religion was uh worship of melitola or Melitelli, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Yeah, we've talked um, about Melitelli before. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, that's that's about it for Lyria. There's uh, not too much uh, going on with Lyria, um, other than, like, a, a very long list of locations. <laughs> locations, locations. Um, Lots of different yeah. places here, but otherwise not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, and Tom, I sent you a, a, a picture. Can mm-hmm. you pull up that picture? I would uh, for for the people the, um, the video yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was here, right above on. the link to the thing. Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm saving it. I'm going to put it in here where it'll show up on the live stream. If you guys are interested in joining us on the live stream, then Twitch.tv is the place to do it. Also, you can check out the video version. See our beautiful faces on the Witcher Lorecast YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. here we go. So, Pulling this up. Uh, the specific ones so these are like kind of combined like coat of arms uh based on oh very large <clears throat> yeah yeah but essentially the uh uh and reference the first union arms uh specific one in this in this image um the left side is uh, a yellow background with like a it's like a vulture on it or something like that yeah that is the that is the coat of arms of lyria right yeah it's it's like a i mean it's definitely not an eagle it's it has kind of a more serpentine neck and claws and that kind of stuff um so maybe a vulture potentially vulture or maybe like a a cockatrice or something we know that the some of the some of them do put like specifically um like mythology or or monsters or right the supernatural creatures on it like kaidwin was the unicorn um So specifically, that one was the the coat of arms for Lyria. Uh, and moving on to uh, Rivia, uh, it was a small kingdom in the Dol Angra Valley at the foot of the Mahaka Mountains, which we talked throughout, about. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Throughout history, it entered a personal union with its neighbor kingdom of Lyria about as many times as it fought a war with it. <laughs> <laughs> so t- combined, broken apart. Combined, broken apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's. I mean, we. We see this with other ones. Kaidwin, Adern are always at war with each other. Uh, war than peace than war than peace, depending on the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're that close to each other. You both have land that you think is yours and then becomes contested. And then, yeah, everybody can point back to some point in the past where they own that land. So it was ours, yeah. but it was ours. Yeah. Uh, so most of the ans- uh, a bit of history. Uh, most of the ancestors of modern Rivia's inhabitants settled here in two waves: the first after the Six Years' War in the ninth century, and the second in the eleventh century. Uh, both composed mainly of war refugees and opponents of Sumerian and Centran rulers. Until the twelfth century, Rivia became one of two major powers in the region. In eleven thirty three, ruler of the second power, King Beric of Lyria ascended Rivia's throne, creating the first union of both realms. It lasted no longer than than one generation, (laughs) as after his death, the kingdoms were inherited by two different heirs. Yeah. While Tamaria was dealing with Falca's rebellion, Beric's Rivian heir expanded his realm with lands of 
Angren and the left of bank Riverdale. The latter would switch its ruler a couple of times in the subsequent decades, making it disputable between Rivia, Centria, Centra, Centra yeah. Tamaria, and Sodom. Sorry, they put the Centra, Centra in the middle of Rivia and Tamaria. You just want to add an I there for some reason. Press the button. Just press the damn button. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't hear it this time. So, you know, I don't I know. know. Maybe it's not coming through for you this time. I don't know. But yes, uh, I, I apart <laughs> from the conflicts, there were also arranged marriages with the Tamarians. Rivian Prince Hugo married Queen Bienvenu of Tamaria, and the Tamarian noble family of Dalin intermarried into the main branch of the Rivian dynasty, bringing its ancestral sword into the royal tapestries. <clears throat> this sounds. I mean, this sounds very much like European history where you have like the intermarriage between all the different kingdoms and, and then claims of land and all of the messiness that that entails. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the first half of the 13th century, King Reginald of Rivia married Lyrian princess Meave, joining the two kingdoms one more time. In 1258, Rivia faced a rebellion led by the Broussard family. The king's forces decimated almost all Broussards, but he died shortly later. In 1259, the throne was ceded to his wife, who continued to rule the kingdoms until the Northern Wars and longer. In 1268, after the Northern War, the Second Northern War, the capital city of Rivia was a place of infamous pogrom against non-humans. Wonderful. Mm. Like so many yeah. other places it's on like the continent. So many other places. Yeah. Uh, so specifically for reference, um, in the books, uh, uh, not to, you know, a spoiler alert for the books if you haven't read them, but um, Geralt's uh, with his uh, like traveling band in one of the later uh, novels does meet uh queen meave uh and they are fighting um i can't remember i think it's the pontar they're fighting uh like across a bridge on like the pontar river um mm -hmm. and Geralt steps in because uh i think i think one of the companions he was with went into labor and he they were currently in the middle of a battle so he steps in to fight off the nilf guardians because <laughs> He's, uh, you know, he can't, he's, he's trying to make it safe for her to give, uh, yeah. for, for the person to labor. Yeah. Um, and because of his efforts, um, uh, he, this was the funny part because he was Geralt of Rivia, but he just chose that. That was his chosen name. Right. Uh, and then because of his help, Queen Meave actually knights him <laughs> even as though a knight he's, of Rivia. He's not even from the place. Yeah. Yep. yep. So he becomes Geralt of Rivia officially. <laughs> Sir Geralt of Sir Rivia. Geralt of Rivia. Uh, yeah. And then in, in the show, uh, during the, the final uh, episode of season two, um, we see kind of the council with Foltest um, mm -hmm. and the, the, uh, Redanian King. Uh, and then there's a woman that is not Tosaya. That is Queen Meave. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. And I believe she's the, the only Kingdoms. other woman among the rulers, right? I think she is the only woman yes. among the rulers. Right. Um, Cause right. to say is just like a mage and she kind of called them together in, at least in that timeline. Right. The um, rest of them are all Kings. She's the one queen in that, in that circle. Yep. Uh, yeah. So several centuries later when the 13th century was considered antiquity and the location of Rivia was forgotten, it's coat of arms was still so yeah another it's, it's like all these areas get wiped out right like the nilf guardians kind of take them over and then they're no longer their own zones i would assume yeah basically yeah 
but so but basically we get this story of like three centuries plus of just continued questing and warfare trying to claim this land and intermarry it and all of that stuff until eventually it's just kind of forgotten so um again for the the coat of arms of rivia um is specifically uh what is called red lozenges so about uh, red diamond shapes uh, multiple <laughs> red diamond shapes on a white background um they appear in the kingdom's coat of arms as well as in the coat of arms of several respectable rivian knightly houses so there's uh like knight houses that use the lozenges as, as part of theirs as well um right. and you can see them up and, on, on the screen they're like these red diamond shapes yeah uh, and it is later on uh incorporated into the coat of arms for lyria and rivia like the union uh, the unionized one uh alongside oh it is an eagle the larian eagle and uh, rivian lions that is an <clears throat> ugly eagle yeah it is a really ugly that poor eagle. that poor thing look at that guy i'm, making yeah, him, I'm uh, gonna make him real big on the screen look at look at him that's a turkey that's not an eagle the lions were eventually adopted to Rivia's arms as well, and the emblems consisting of both lions and lozenges would be remembered centuries after the kingdom had disappeared from the maps. So basically the only notable thing from it. Mm. So, um, yeah. Uh, as for the details, uh, it is also a monarchical government. Um, it's their rulers, uh, specifically in the monarchs of Rivia. So just that, that line of monarchs that that kind of descend from each other um obviously its military branch was the rivian army uh its capital is rivia so like lyria it's the same city same country uh official language is common speech uh demonyms are rivian and riv which is a derogatory term for rivians yeah get uh, off my land you riv yeah yeah uh currency is also the gulden um and its religion is the Nordling Pantheon Morgan and Melitola. So more diversity there from a religious oh, yes. standpoint. Yeah. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, th that's the overview. I'm sure we're getting into a little bit more details, though, on the second half of the episode. Where are we going next after the midbreak? Uh, talked about the combination of Larry and Rivia together. Cool. And, yeah. All right. Well, let's go thank our patrons. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, we're back. This is the middle of the episode. This is where we get to thank our patrons, the people who get to make this a thing that we do regularly. So thank you very much. And we have four brand new patrons in just the last week. Wezzks. W-E-E-Z-Z-X. I don't know if I thanked you already or if that was from another show. I think you may have actually been a patron on multiple shows. But uh, you came in right a week ago when we were doing the episode, so I'm not sure if we noticed that yet or not. But maybe you'll get a double welcome. And then we have Kent L. Crow of Valen's back. Crow, welcome back. And Rob the Princess signed up as a Tier 4 patron. So both Crow and Rob are going to be able to join us at the chat at the end of this month and so guys be thinking about what you want to talk about let us know on the discord and make sure if you are signing up on the patreon i get this question a lot people people jump in the discord and be like hey i'm a patron and i'll notice that their name isn't the color of somebody with the role of being a patron if you sign up make sure that you connect the accounts i believe it's patreon supposed to send out a message when you sign up saying like here's all the info here's a link on how to connect your accounts but just go make sure you do that so you get the right roles so you see all the hidden channels and all of that stuff so go check that out also we got to thank 
all 18 of our current patrons we're up to 18 and our, th- our two higher vampires ben of tamaria who's in chat with us hey ben and jared m thank you so much to both of you and everybody else who supports the show we really appreciate it we don't have any new reviews or ratings to or we'll, i'm sure we have some new ratings we don't have any new reviews with words to read out but if you do decide to leave a review on apple podcast with words and give us a five-star rating we'll read out your stuff on a future episode of the show also spotify is a great place to do that as well and uh otherwise you know if you want to help us out just tell your friends find other people who love the witcher and say hey go check out this podcast 299 ratings on spotify 299 go go give us go give us a rating please (laughs) yeah just you could be rating 300 that's amazing so thank you to everybody for the support we couldn't do this without you guys all right let's move on with the rest of the show you smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. So would you say that Lyria and Rivia were stronger together? It seems like there's a lot to talk about for this part of the the episode. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of detail here. Um, I mean they're so they're both really small like nations comparatively right. to like some of the places where like Centra's m- m- massive compared to it, like to its left to Maria, uh, Adern above it, Mahakam. So they're very small. And of course, in Nilfgaard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but of the other kingdoms, like, they're like at least half, if not like a quarter of the size of some of these other yeah, they're locations, much, much smaller. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah, probably being together and we know, uh, how much, uh, like, work uh queen neve was able to put in uh when lyria and rivia were combined under her rule um how much like the forces she was able to muster to help with uh with you know against uh Nilfgaard. yeah 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 i mean more land means more manpower more manpower mm-hmm. means more more power power when it comes to those kinds of things yeah uh so Illyria and rivia uh, is a name used while referring to a confederation of realms in dull angra composed primarily of Lyria and rivia so a little bit of cluster of some smaller i'm guessing some smaller ones that are insignificant there slightly uh, external locations that are grouped into the same rulership they're under the same banner basically mm-hmm. yeah uh Joined for the first time by King Beric, it collapsed and reorganized again a couple times more, which led to the saying that Lyria and Rivia were either at war with each other or conjoined by personal union. <laughs> right. There's, there's no in between. <laughs> yeah. It's either we're yeah. together or we hate each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like you and me. We hate each other, but we do the show together. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so Can I be Rivia? For, if you want. Okay. Uh, for uh, early history, while the region is said to have been populated since ancient times, the majority of its inhabitants settled here in two waves. So, so, I mean, this like is basically said. the same the same details, right? Because this is like yeah. the two group together. So we've got we've got like the ninth century original group, and then from the eleventh, the all of the intermingling between the different rulers and all of the contesting of land and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and this is this is a, an additional detail. Um, a generation or two later after uh and Beric uh of Lyria ascended to the throne in eleven thirty-three, uh King Egon's daughter, Impeka. 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 That's a good name. That That's sounds like name. sounds like Impala almost. Like mm-hmm. I want to ride in Impeka. I want that to be my new car. Damn, I'm not I saying see. I want to ride his daughter. That would be 
That's dirty. Damn, I said the Pontar and it was the Aruga. I figured, you know, uh, there's one of two rivers is kind of a guess. Um, but uh, his daughter and Pekka married Prince Saren of Sintra, forging a lasting alliance with the kingdom at the mouth of the Aruga. Uh, so, and, uh, and one of Beric's descendants uh, on the throne of Ruby extended his influence to Angren and Riverdale. So we knew that before. Um, so in the 13th century, in the first half of the 13th century, the kingdoms were conjoined once more via the marriage of Princess Meave and king reginald uh on becoming queen meave took care of ensuring that both nations had equal representation despite their differences that was very nice of her yeah uh she (laughs) continued to rule after her husband's death and became one of the most important political figures in the northern realms so as we know i mean she joined the conclave of the northern kingdoms along with tamaria or faultist of tamaria Mm -hmm. redania like the really big kingdoms right and all the jerkwads on those thrones Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. And this yeah. is like modern day stuff. When, when we get into 13th century, we're talking like current timeline books and Witcher yeah. show and games and that kind of thing. Yeah. Basically, the timeline you see in the show is 13th century. Uh, considerable enough to attend secret meetings with the leaders of the four kingdoms. So, uh, you know, Lyria, Rivia, uh, Tamaria, uh, Redania, and I believe Adern is the last one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. In July 1267, during the Second Nilfgaardian War, Lyria and Rivia were invaded and conquered by Nilfgaard without any formal declaration of war. Thanks, Nilfgaard. Uh, uh, yeah. After the Lyrian gulping, uh, I'm not sure what that. I'm not sure Gulpe. what that word means. What but I'm assuming that's, uh, that's probably that one of those fancy terms for like. Uh, yeah. Like There's no dictionary definition for this in. Uh, in google like google it's probably some old english word <clears throat> uh, yeah let me here I'll, you keep trouble. going i'll i'll see if i can yeah, find it after the lyrian gulf me fled and continued warfare in adern and engren the kingdom was finally liberated sometime around the battle of brina or shortly beforehand okay so in spanish it's the word for blow but it also can mean coup so coup. that would make sense lyrian coup yeah gotcha um and yeah, like we said, several centuries later, uh, like the the far uh, future, um, you know, Rivia is forgotten, but uh, their coat of arms remains. So, mm-hmm. uh, as for the 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 national anthem of the coat of arms, uh, is uh, it's gone through many changes, which you've uh, seen yeah, from the turkey that they showed a turkey with lozenges. Yeah, uh, Turkey with lozenges. Uh, it eventually <laughs> is combined of the the Rivian lions, the Lyrian eagle, and uh, occasionally still has the red lozenges incorporated as well. <clears throat> yeah, cool. Uh, I, I like I like that kind of detail stuff because it's another one of those things that happens in the real world. We have these like histories of flags and symbols of nations changing depending on the rulers and. The combining the of locations. changes we've seen as far as like a coat of arms goes, but it makes sense because of how like together and separate they were. So it was constantly changing back and forth between, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> and combining of, of them once they came together. Yeah. So. A Bonner killer in chat says the story of this place sounds a lot like the Iberian Peninsula story. Um, I'm not super familiar with the Iberian Peninsula. That's like Spain and Portugal, right? And like the southernmost but like castellans and the southern france and all of the all of the kings that were claiming those areas but i'm not i'm not super up on on how that goes but i'll take your word on it maybe it's worth looking into maybe that's why the term golpe was put in there 
Maybe, maybe. Uh, as for geography and climate, uh, the realm is adjacent to the Uruga River and is crossed by the Dol Angra Valley. Rivia borders Mahakam to the west, and its capital touches the mountain range's easternmost massive, Crag Rose Hills. Uh, Lyria is famous for its picturesque mountains as well. Many mages chose to settle there for their beauty. Valleys between the mountains are fertile, allowing cultivation of fruit and vegetables. Uh, Lyrian winters are mild. Frosts are rare and snow, should any fall at all, melts the moment it lands. So this because it's warm yeah. and like fertile land right man kaidwin would love to be here you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's one of the southernmost of the northern kingdoms so mm -hmm. the weather is more temperate uh but it also obviously is fertile for growing crops and things like that so you can see that there's value in it for anybody who would want to take that land yeah uh as for uh, society and culture, while Larians and Rivians share a large portion of history, they remain separate nations. Monarchs are assisted by the Council of Peers, consisting of lords from both kingdoms. Apart from national differences, there are also conflicts between humans and assimilated non-humans. Racial tensions are escalated due to competition between the skilled dwarven smiths present to Rivian workers. Mm -hmm. Of course, we know they're bordering that closely on Mahakam. I imagine the the immigration of, of dwarves into Rivia is probably pretty prevalent. And the so, traveling of, of different, different non-human groups in and out of the area simply because of that location being so close for, yeah. for trade and travel and things and we know that like adern is up to the north of these areas so uh the proximity to Doblathana is not too far either so a lot yeah. of elves most likely uh, right. especially the in the sense of like they have to move south if they were going in the sense of like moving to the safety of Nilfgaard, some uh right passing right through uh but of course this is a theme we see all the time conflict between humans and not humans so uh, <laughs> we've done a few episodes on that <laughs> it's just a couple uh rivians speak the common speech with a specific accent unique to themselves uh Geralt's, it, it depends on i guess the iteration that you're going for uh -huh. but Geralt is said to speak in a Rivian accent. He adopts a Rivian accent to really tie together his witcher identity of Geralt's Rivia. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they're distinct enough to face prejudice in other Northern realms, such as Tamaria or Adern, where they are considered thieves and derogatorily referred to as Rivs, uh, which we see uh, sometimes uh, I know in like the first, the very first short story in the last wish, um, uh, Geralt is uh, discriminated against uh, not because he's a witcher at first, because he's a Rivian. Like they per perceive him as a Rivian mm -hmm. and they don't want him around because he's Rivian and they think of him as a thief. But of course they find out he's a witcher and it's even worse. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. uh, Larians yeah. in turn are considered good seasonal workers by citizens of wealthier neighboring kingdoms. <laughs> so hmm. uh, yeah, look down on Rivians. Uh, Larians are respected, I guess. Uh, for economy, Lyria is primarily agricultural. It produces delicious fruit, vegetables, meat, and wine. Mm. Its picturesque mountains are a good touristic location as well as home to many Nordling mages' summer villas. Ah, summer, summer home in the Rivian Mountains. Lyrian Mountains. Lyrian, <coughs> sorry, Lyrian Mountains. Rivia's next. 
Yeah. Rivia is rather industrial. It's fine workshops and smithies make weapons and wares lauded for quality and craftsmanship. Most of the country's income, however, comes from the assimilated dwarves living in ghettos. Awesome. Yeah. On the backs of the people they're holding down. Yeah. Uh, and as for a military, uh, Rivians Lyrians are considered one of the finest crossbowmen in the continent. This is an interesting detail. Yeah. Uh, the, Ly- the Lyrian army forms a professional military force of Lyrian Rivia, led by its monarch and selected knighthood. It's a professional and valiant force with quality full plate armor and strong horses for its knights, as well as adequate training and equipment for regulars. Though in hard times, they recruit bandits, renegades, and other outlaws from Angren and Riverdale to expand its might as much as possible and start guerrilla war and dull angra forests <laughs> nice so they yeah. gotta do what you gotta do i guess yeah i mean <laughs> it's it's a common theme with like large militaries and they don't have enough force to still recruit like mercs or or like militia forces from, from something else uh, mm-hmm. the army also doesn't refrain from taking in dwarves and donning them in white tunics decorated with red lozenges of rivia however probably the most notorious regiments consist of lyrian arabalists who shot better than any other arbalists arbalists i can i can Ar- read arbalists words is hard yeah 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 so that's that I mean that's kind of cool that they actually bring the dwarves into their military but i would assume it's because they just benefit from like, using them again in another way, right? I mean, like, can uh, in the sense of like, because I'm we know dwarves are like uh, valiant fighters, but I imagine it's really beneficial to like put dwarves like kind of on the back, and you know, because obviously in war you take a lot of damage to armor, weapons, stuff like that. Like when you're fighting. Uh, and with them being the best smiths, like yeah, yeah. the repairs that they could make to your stuff or like crafting things quickly is probably like super beneficial as well. Yeah. Also, an, an arbalist is a like a late stage uh, crossbow. It's like a very large, powerful crossbow. So, yeah, uh, which we like said before, they have some of the best crossbowmen in, in the, the northern kingdoms. Yeah. Uh, prior to the start of the second second northern Nilfgaardian war Lyria and Adern had a combined army of approximately 35,000 soldiers that's pretty solid for the small size yeah of the two locations when the war began with Nilfgaard's invasion they were only able to raise about 13,000 including 3,000 cavalry which I mean cavalry unit counts as like two and a half times a rough foot soldier so sure uh, yeah Yeah. mounted uh, horseback combat is way more effective than standing on the ground if you watch uh lord of the rings return of the king yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right right. it it may seem ridiculous but cavalry is cavalry ridiculous they can actually run through things like that pretty easily um yeah in the early days of the invasion, a fifth of these forces were cut off in forts and fortresses. Part of the remaining troop had been withdrawn to defend the wing against light cavalry in Scoitel. The remaining army, about 6,000 soldiers that included 1,200 knights, was beaten in the first battle of Aldersburg. The state of the armed, for, armed forces of Lyria and Rivia after the war may be determined at approximately 8,000 infantrymen who fought as a diversionary force during the last war with Novgorod. So uh, really kind of cut down from those mm-hmm. early, early numbers. Yep. Uh, in 1267, when the second Guardian war broke out, uh, 
Queen Mew's forces were the first to cross swords with the Nilfgaardian army at Glevixingen. Jeez, what a word. Uh, Glevixingen, Scala, and Spala. In the beginning, the kingdoms of Adern and Lyria only managed to mobilize 3,000 horse and 10,000 foot. So, 3,000 cavalry, 10,000 foot soldiers, mm-hmm. uh, of which one fifth had already been blockaded in the first days of the invasion, cut off in its forts and strongholds. Part of the remaining army had to withdraw to protect its flanks like from cavalry and Scoitzel. Mm-hmm. The remaining five or 600 soldiers, including no more than 1,200 knights, were beaten in Aldersburg. Oh, God. Uh, Though Demomin was forced to flee to Redania, Queen Meave wasted no time and assembled a new partisan army, bravely leading partisans from the whole area as the White Queen into clashes like the Battle of for the Bridge on the Uruga. So the battle I mentioned before that Geralt mm-hmm. and his troop got involved in was that battle. Uh, after the Battle of Brenna, when the war turned against the Nilfgaardian army, her arm since the Novgardian Empire, her army got to liberate the domains along with the Kaidwini army and restored forces of Ader. So, this is kind of off topic slightly. Um, mm-hmm. Reading the word cavalry, it made me think Henry Cavill. Do you think his last name and cavalry have the same root and they both mean horse? Is he Henry Horse? I don't think so. It's spelled is this spelled, it's spelled it cavalry is key c-a-v-a-l and then c-a-c-a-l-v-a-r-y no it's c-a-v-a-l-v-a-r-y cavalry i always i never get that right calvary is the biblical location like the the where jesus died oh okay cavalry c-a-v-i-l-l yeah for cavil henry v-i-l-l yeah it's different it's probably not the same i want him to be henry horse you but, want him to be Henry because Horse. it's funny. Wow, name origin. I, I'm, I'm gonna find out. How you <laughs> now we're gonna find out. Old. Okay, the surname Cavill is a diminutive of the old French words chaff and cough, which means bald. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. So cavalry, I'm sure, is Henry a French bald. word, also, right? Cavalry Probably. word origin. Hang out with us, friends. We're doing some fun stuff. It's uh, it comes from Latin into Italian and then French. Calvier um, horse means, means horse. horse. Yeah. Right, that was my assumption. It means horse. Yeah. Okay. Well, so no, he's Henry Bald. Henry, Henry Bald. No, that's still funny. Henry Bald. Oh, that's good. You know, we should never mind. That's <laughs> terrible. We made a terrible decision. He has a wonderful head of hair, though. On the the very slim chance we could have had him, he's he would never come on this podcast now. <laughs> he won't hear this one. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, man, that's a this interesting like dynamic, detailed accounts of stuff compared to some of the other places that we've we've learned about so far. They have a very, I mean, being like the front line of the war. Yeah, they got a lot going on, and plus just that rich history of like going back and forth between union and war with each other. Yeah. So. So a lot of development there between them. Right. So. Right. Well, that's, that's cool stuff. Um, I don't know. I have too much else to say about this. Do you know where we're going next week? You got a sense um, of this yet? We, I mean, 
we've got let's talk about queen meave queen meave okay so queen meave coming up next week on the 19th we'll be back on monday night again hopefully uh your My ac is fixed your I ac mean, will continue to work one. i got an entirely new oh, AC. god that's not cheap the entire thing i'm so sorry no, i didn't pay for it oh that's the good apartment paid for it oh that's good that's good because that's it good. broke and that's their job so they bought me an entirely new ac unit awesome so. that's why you're paying that's why you're you paying told your me rent. i'm gonna have to use super uh or use like a double blankets at night because it works so good or something so that's, good. Um, that's good. nice yeah nice yeah. And, nice and cold so that'll be the 19th we'll be back with uh, queen meave monday night come join us twitch.tv slash robots radio and then the 26th is the last monday of the month that's our patron episode so let us know what you would like to discuss patrons we'll get in on that and uh that's that's what we got coming up you got anything else going on toasty uh uh, follow us on Twitter at the Witcher Lorecast, um, uh, and uh, check out the Cyberpunk Cyberpunk Apostrophe D podcast, um, where I play. Uh, it's Cyberpunk actual play, Cyberpunk Red actual play uh, mm-hmm. that I am a player in with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang. Nice. So, <clears throat> yeah, those guys are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go check that out. Um, I I was streaming earlier today. I've been playing Cyberpunk again since the new patch came out. That game is a ton of fun. Uh, I've been uh, accidentally running people over on a motorcycle. So come join me sure. twitch.tv slash robots radio. I love to chat with you. Well, introduce yourself. Let me know who you guys are. Um, our community is awesome. Everybody who hangs out constantly jumps into our chats or our discord or our live streams or whatever. And they're like, why is the community so nice? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, well, I, I, I do know. It's because you guys are awesome. So if you're awesome, come hang out. It's the right place for you. If, if you're awesome. If you're not awesome, <laughs> If you're not awesome. Away. If you're not awesome. Don't, if you're, don't come around. If you're a total jerk bag, then yeah, go somewhere else. There's plenty of places you. on the internet for douchebags to go hang out. So go, <laughs> go do that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you Wait, next why week. why am I here then, actually? <laughs> oh, you just a pretend douchebag. <laughs> narrowing his eyes <laughs> Are you sure about that? Okay. Uh, so <laughs> until next time stay safe on the path we'll see you guys later bye everybody thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast we'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.